Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Well, have I got some great news for you, Jordan. <gasps> My favorite kind of news. You know your old friend Jesse from college? Yeah, I do. Great guy. What's he been up to lately? He's a real lucky boy. Oh my gosh, a lucky boy. Let's yeah. let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear some of the reasons. Uh enumerate. Enumerate the reasons why you're why you're a lucky boy. This is great. We can all practice a little gratitude today. Well, number one, Jordan. Yeah. I'm a lucky boy because I got shit on by a bird a couple days ago. Hey, well that's great. Is that is that a good luck omen in some yeah, in cultures. many cultures, many in cultures. many cultures, that means good luck is on the way. Yeah, I guess two questions: What kind of bird, and are there are there more lucky kinds of bird shit? I guess is my is my question. It was a cormorant, and no. Okay, that's great. I feel informed. Uh, where did the shit land? What were you doing? Was it something? Were you going somewhere to where it was okay to have bird shit on you? I guess, or uh, it landed on top of my head. Okay. And I was headed to the donut place, so they were pretty chill about it. Yeah, those guys are cool. Yeah, very nice. Very nice people over there at the donut place. Uh, but that's not the only reason, Jordan, uh, that I am a lucky boy. I, there's more than one reason that I'm a lucky boy. Okay, so I'm going to have a little... Sorry, I'm going to get my notepad here. I'm just going to write Jesse, mm-hmm. lucky boy. Jesse, mm-hmm. comma, lucky boy. Mm-hmm. Reasons, reasons why. Yeah. It's uh, right under my rules for dating my teenage daughter. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, I'll just uh, I'll do one. So number one, bird shit, shit on bird head. shit on head three days ago. Right on the way to donut shop. Okay. Number two, bird just shit on my head about an hour ago. Hey, okay. Well, this will be one A then. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I need to do another number for this one. Yeah. So uh, number one is three days ago, a bird shit on my head. That's uh-huh. the number one reason I'm a lucky boy. Right. Number two is about an hour ago, a second bird shit on my head. Now, um, I know that Jesse, I know. It was, Jordan, it was a Cooper's hawk. A Cooper's hawk. Great, great. Yeah. And how would you, were, how were the shits different? Would you one say? was yellow. One was very like bright orange yellow. Okay. That's real. But Jordan, can I say the number three reason why I'm a lucky boy? Hmm. Beautiful family. I just have a beautiful family. Beautiful family, family, sure. They really love me and I love them. Now, how often do they shit on your head? (laughs) You would be surprised, Jordan. I don't even know how they get up there. They're all smaller (laughs) than me. Jesse, are you, do you, have you recently, I mean, I know you're like, you're kind of like a tattoo guy now. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen you in a while and I can't really see you your whole head through the camera. Did you get a tattoo of a bird toilet on your head? <laughs> you think that's why this is happening so much? Jordan, I understand. Look, you're a professional comedian. You're here to be glib. I don't really think yeah. that's something to be glib about. Uh, More birds of a don't... humorist. Go ahead. I don't really consider yeah. myself a comedian. Go ahead. Birds don't use toilets, so okay. that's ridiculous. But yes, I did go see my friend, uh, tattooist Graham Chaffee, Uh, And I had him outline the bird shit on my head so I could remember it always and remember how lucky I am. Namaste. I practice gratitude. Oh, that's really nice. That's that's terrific. It's to remind me of what is so special to me. 
And I don't know if you can see this on we're video conferencing, but here on my upper arm, mm-hmm. I got a cormorant. And then on the other upper arm, a Cooper's hawk. Oh, beautiful. Now, yeah. I mean, just kind of going forward, are there mm-hmm. any birds I'd like to be shit on? Yeah, that's I... what I was going to ask. Like, what's mm-hmm. what's next? What's next for Jesse Thorne? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, America's bird, uh, the wild turkey. Right. I'd love to be shit on by a wild turkey. And so I'll that's... tell you this. Yeah. <laughs> my son, Oscar, my uh, seven-year-old has been going to summer camp at the Los Angeles Arboretum, which which Arboretum is overrun by peacocks. And I will say this. Peacocks are real assholes, but they can back it up. I mean, they are <laughs> extraordinary creatures. Yeah, sure. And, and like when they're making the horrible sound that they make and shaking their ass at you uh, and threatening to bite and claw you, all you can do is be awed by nature's majesty. That's true. Hey, that's peafowl, baby. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's peahens, peafowl for you. Peahens much less so. Peahens are very unimpressive. Sure. They're just jerks. Should we introduce our guest on the program, Jordan? Yeah, I have some more bird shit questions, but why not bring him into it? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he is one of the co-hosts of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. He is also the author of NPR's Podcast Startup Guide, Create, Launch, and Grow a Podcast on Any Budget. He is also the man who I go to for Batman recommendations, Glenn <laughs> Weldon. Hi, Glenn. Hey, friends. Good to see you. Good to hear you. How are you? Oh, great. You know why? Because I was just reading Batman in the 1950s, as recommended to me by Glenn Weldon. Batman went to Planet X. Uh, yeah, he did. Where he is the Superman of that planet. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. But back to bird shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. So, Jesse, both Cormorants and Cooper's Hawk, these are serious birds. And so yeah. did the poop include uh-huh. any, say, mouse bones? Did you get a vole femur on top of your head at any point? <laughs> Hold on, just be- Jesse, before you answer. Yeah. Glenn, great question. Jesse, go ahead. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say, I don't. I didn't start a podcast so I could repeat other people's jokes, but <laughs> in, my, in my head for 15 years has been this joke that I saw Kevin Nealon do it at the M Bar in Los Angeles, and it was that his, his son was a Boy Scout and getting really into nature, and they went out. They went out on a hike and they found some deer scat. And he pointed out to his son that you can learn what an animal eats by investigating what's in the scat. And uh, he said, so he took a stick and he poked at the at the deer's leavings. And he said, uh, it turns out that deer eat uh, berries and leaves and a lot of shit. <laughs> I've been thinking about that joke. Solid. For 15 years. But thank you for asking that question, uh-huh. Glenn. Um, in response, uh, I would say that primarily I found the bones of lesser, less lucky birds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes sense. That story checks out. Yeah, mostly crows. And also uh, peacocks are famously the fuckboys of the avian kingdom. <laughs> it's true. They clearly are. Famously. Famously. Famously the fuckboys. That's why they were kept in the palaces of Persia. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. 
They strut, are himbos. Strutting around like they own the place. Uh, mm -hmm. Always, yeah. you know, and it's and every time I'm texting with a pee foul, you know, you always know you're going to get that text a couple days later that says, sorry, just got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, j just just seeing this now. But peahens, nothing, nothing wrong with a peahen. Peahens are good god-fearing uh women solid citizens yes. <laughs> this is why this is why flender o'connor i think only had peahens and she would she would put up with the peacock every so often but famously i think she she preferred the peahens i re i really sincerely like this is not an original observation but walking around at that ar arboretum the peacocks will try and start a fight with you they will threaten you they don't give a fuck they will they a peacock pecked my wife's minivan the other day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> While it was in motion. Um, well, Jesse, and... that's why you guys need to get the coexist bumper sticker. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. It prevents it prevents pea fowl from pecking. Right, and they prefer SUVs. They clearly they always prefer SUVs. Right, they do. Too. Yes. Now that my wife's car has been pecked by a peacock, I feel uh, not like a peacock, but like a peacock. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure. Holy crap. All right. <laughs> so anyway. So I'm curious because your next steps um, mm -hmm. are E, uh, lucky shits. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you mentioned America's bird, uh, the wild turkey. You mentioned uh, peacocks and peak hens. I couldn't help but notice these are flightless birds. So what? what's your strategy you know, when it comes to getting shit on by something that is so low to the ground. Mm, I'm sorry, Jordan, you're mistaken. Uh, judging by the number of peacocks that are on the roof of the Arboretum at any given time, okay, uh, the Arboretum's library building specifically, I would say they got up there somehow and it wasn't by climbing trees. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That said, um, certainly there are a lot of what we call low birds that I'm interested in getting shit on by. Right. <laughs> um, so we're talking about quails. Mm. Um, we're talking about peacocks and peahens. Uh, we're talking about turkeys. We're talking about... Um, the ruffed grouse. Yeah. <laughs> voles. You uh, mentioned voles. Voles, yeah. voles too. Voles too. Um, and yeah, I mean, what I'm thinking right now is I'm going to get one of those uh, things that, uh, you know, those rolling platforms that a car mechanic uses to mm -hmm. get underneath a car and just mm -hmm. get around that way for a few days. Sure. Not permanently, <laughs> just for a few days. So you'll just use your, your little platform and scoot under a grouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's exactly the plan. And w what I'll do is I'll wear safety goggles. No, sure. It's really smart. Yeah, because yeah. a grouse's leavings really burn. <laughs> um, speaking of nature... Uh, before we started this up, uh, Glenn, you were telling us that you have gone from being a an occasional cabin guy uh -huh. to now you're like full time. You're full cabin, right? We're full time. We're out in uh, Front Royal on the side of a mountain in the Blue Ridge, looking out over the Shenandoah Valley. Well, actually, you know, in the in the winter we can. In the summer we just see trees. But uh, we are here. Uh, we changed our license plates. We're Virginians. Never thought I'd be a Virginian, but uh, here I am, just like uh, just like that guy, that old Cho, about the guy with the gun. What's his name? It was called the Virginian. It was called the Virginian. Ah, got it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Going to say you're you're Matlock now. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to guess Streets of San Francisco. I am 
As soon as I moved out of D.C., I became a simple country lawyer. Yeah. Just like that. It's just something happens. <laughs> Is that why Got you're wearing seersucker. that white suit? Right. That's why I'm wearing the seersucker, yes, in fact. <laughs> Uh, how do you, what's your, what is the nature situation like up there? What are you, what are you, what are you in danger of being shit on by? <laughs> oh, we got wild turkeys. Okay. We got fox. Yeah. We got so many deer because there's no hunting on the mountain. So the deer are overrunning. We got bears. Uh, we got red foxes. Uh, they clutch a little chest and say, I'm coming, Elizabeth. No, they don't do um, <laughs> You've got red foxes. We... You've got rusty warrens. <laughs> you've got, got mom's mableys. <laughs> We've got a mom's mably or two. Sure, yeah. And then you, in, the summer, in, the you're, in the summer, you're overrun with Archie Bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> There's no hunting on the mountain. Right. There's no hunting on the mountain. No, yeah, it's it's uh, Mutual Wormhouse Wild Kingdom out here. It's great. but um, But yes, we are. The trade-off is uh, actually, you know what? I, I'm I'm jumping on Virginia for no reason because Front Royal just has now. We got a sushi place. We got a brewery. Hey. We got a we got a we got we got all kinds of stuff. We got uh, really great Thai food. We got really great barbecue, as one would imagine, because that's the law. So yeah, it's uh it's actually a lot better just in the last four or five years we've been out here. It's uh, changing, and by changing I mean becoming bougier. <laughs> I guess that's that's what I mean. Um, I'm curious about fox sightings. Mm. When you see a fox in the wild, is it cute or scary? It's very cute. Yeah. It's very cute. They it is cute. like a very, very small dog. So you think uh, somebody's cute small dog has escaped. And uh, But no, it's um, they're more wily. They're, they're, they're not skittish, but they're very... Uh, they have a sense of danger to them. They, they, they seem like they are up to something... Nasty. It's like when you hear the Peter and the Wolf, you can just hear like that that oboe right. whenever they kind of skitter past. You can feel, you can hear it. It's their they're not to be trusted, but they're cute as hell. Yeah, I mean, would you say ha- that they have fuckboy qualities or <laughs> what? Are they marriage material? <laughs> I th- uh, I think I, I, the reason I like them so much is that I feel I can change them. Right. So I think uh, if they just spent a little time with me. And uh, and I would just project all my affection and devotion onto them. Right. Yeah, they would. They wouldn't pay that much attention to me. But uh, when they would, I would feel alive. Well, I mean, I think the thing you have to realize is that all foxes are wild in their twenties. But then, <laughs> then you know, later they're like, well, I should settle down. I should maybe get some health insurance. Yeah, that's foxes for you. And it is horse country out here, so I could just you know maybe maybe they're so uh, wary because they've just you know. Some uh, some guy in a riding crop in uh, Jodhpur's has been chasing them up the mountain. Maybe that's it. Maybe maybe they've been wounded. Maybe the trauma is real, and I can help them over it. Do you ride a horse, Glenn? Have you have you ridden a horse there in horse country? Never, never. Terrified. Nope, nope. Too big. Horses are entirely too large, and I'm too far off the ground when I am upon one. Is no that point. why you've been working out so much so you can intimidate horses? <laughs> <laughs> so I can punch them like I'm Mogo in Blazing Saddles. That is the goal. That's ultimately the goal. Horse punching, yes. yes. Horse punching. <laughs> <laughs> is that part? Of, that's it, part of CrossFit now, right? You, it you is, flip over the big tire, you hit something with the sledgehammer, and you just sock a horse in the face. <laughs> it's my vocation and my avocation. Yeah. Right? Glenn, if you're living this cabin mountain lifestyle, where are mm-hmm. you pumping iron? Uh, oh, this is going to sound awful, but we put in a gym uh, here downstairs where it used to be the TV room. We now have uh, a uh, treadmill and a uh, rower and a, a weight bench, and it's stupid. It's Who's spotting stupid. you, Glenn? Who's spotting Glenn Weldon? 
it's uh, it's a machine, so I am spotting myself. Um, yeah, good, you know, good for you. Good for yeah. you. You got. Yeah. My mom Glens. always said you got to learn to spot yourself. Yeah. Glens are <laughs> spotting it for themselves. That's what I always say. <laughs> yes. And I find that spotting is sometimes troublesome. <laughs> yes. Glenn, do you ever watch the uh, television show Wild America? Because I am imagining right now that you are living in an episode of the television show Wild America. I think so. With Which Marty Stauffer on PBS. This... Oh, sure. Explore our wild America. Yes, yes I do. That that's, that's the one with the Rams butting heads. Mm-hmm. I, I have bought some uh, VHS tapes of Marty Stauffer's Wild America. And uh, this had been like when I was a kid, one of my favorite shows to watch on PBS with my mom. And mm-hmm. uh, I have been really impressed at how well it holds up. Like today's nature shows are obviously shot in HD and this is, you know, this is standard definition, but they get amazing. They got amazing footage and, and Marty Stauffer is just as weird and charming a, a host as I remembered from when I was a kid. And I, mm-hmm. I thought to myself like, well, Marty Stauffer is not that old on Wild America. Like Wild America was made in the mid to late 80s. Um, maybe into the early 90s. And Marty Stauffer is maybe 40 or 45. Like, he's not particularly old. So I, I thought to myself, what is Wild America host Marty Stauffer up to? So I Googled it, and there was a Kickstarter to uh, raise the money to remaster in 4K Ultra HD the Wild America archive, which is pretty cool because they shot it on film. Right. You know, so the actual... Uh, the actual show itself is is pretty gorgeous um, on the original film, and they needed to you know they needed to raise the money to in full HD uh, remaster the show, and I was like, this sounds this sounds pretty cool. Um, they set a goal of one point two five million dollars. Wow. Okay. Which I thought was a pretty ambitious goal. Uh-huh. But I thought there's probably a lot. I mean, you know, LeVar Burton probably got that much money to make a new episodes of re- of of uh, Reading Rainbow or whatever, right? Like, I think Marty Stauffer is a touchstone of many people's childhoods. They remember those rams ramming into sure. each other and the, the classic theme music. Um, the project ended up with, I found the actual Kickstarter project. It unfortunately did not fund. Which is disappointing to me because I would love to watch it in Ultra HD. And ultimately it raised, uh, of the $1.25 million goal, it raised $3,410. Okay. From well, 39 backers. Oh, you got to shoot your shot. You know, you got to shoot your shot. It's, it's interesting that, 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 you know, like obviously a passionate fan started this. But you when you think of like... You know, who who a physical media person is these days and who especially is a physical media person who demands 4K Ultra HD like that is not somebody who is nostalgic for the PBS of the 80s. Like that is just someone who has rebought the Matrix trilogy five times. Right. Like (laughs) is that the audience for 4K Ultra? It's someone who wants like every. Every Matrix, uh, every Matrix cut you can get. Marty Stauffer is now known as America's favorite 
this is capitalized wildlife film program host that feels like one of those okay. marketing like one of those ftc things like like cheese food yeah i mean suck it marlon perkins jeez that's uh that's jeez that's that's aggressive i did find some coverage of the kickstarter that was contemporaneous with the with the kickstarter's launch um, and it, I was reading and I was like, this is this is really nice. It was in Juxtapose magazine, which usually covers lowbrow art. Um, hmm. You know, b- sure. big vinyl eyes toys. and vinyl toys and those kinds of things. Sure. And, um, you know, it was a really nice piece about the Kickstarter and about Wild America. You know, just a blog post, five or six paragraphs. And then at the end, it's attributed to... Hannah mm. Stauffer. Sure. Oh, she. There you go. You know who looks great in 4K Ultra HD? Hannah Stauffer. Well, I was going to say that nun who taught you about paintings. Fuck, <laughs> 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 body is banging, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see yes. it in the Ultra HD. Thank as you. She- Looking fine in Europe, Mr. Steves. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Guernica, you smoke show. Mm. <laughs> mm. Grizzled captain of the boat from the voyage of the Mimi, specifically the Mimi. <laughs> Looking right. very nice. Wait, are we? Are... <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't pull the name of the... The boat from the voyage of the Mimi. <laughs> Wait, in this situation, are we horny for the captain or the boat? I just want to know where we're going with this. Yeah, well, column A, column B. We're horny for the detectives from square one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Listen, the PBS of our childhood was very horny. Yeah, yeah. sure. One of the horniest venues easily, ever. Easily. I could never figure out why nowadays when you get your nature documentaries on, on your Netflixes, there's always the, the last episode is always just the making of like, here's how we set up the camera. Revolutionary new technology, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, why? Nobody cares. I just want to see the Rams butting heads. I don't care. But then I remembered back in, I think it was the 50s or 60s, Disney put out a quote unquote nature documentary, uh, which is where we get our modern conception of what lemmings are, right. what lemmings do. And it had all these action shots of lemmings hurling themselves off a cliff into the sea. And it turns out that that was complete a thin tissue of lies they were hurting those things off the cliff because this of, is new because to me glenn this is totally they, new this is a real thing where they actually had set up the cameras so that you could see the lemmings kind of right over your head because of course they were creating the entire situation mass oh lemming gosh. slaughter for your enjoyment and also it just it's just bullshit they don't do that lemmings don't do that it's a thing. I was confident that you were leading to a flimflam job, that you were about to describe Walt, old Walt trying to pull the wool over our eyes once again and call it magic. Uh-huh. But um, I just assumed when you when you described those lemmings flying off the cliff that you were going to say it wasn't lemmings. It was paper airplanes or something. <laughs> nope. Tiny uh, uh, mass slaughter of tiny little mammals served up to your children in 1950, whatever the hell. Now I feel like such a dope spending so much time on the computer game. <laughs> That's right. Saving those little assholes. Yeah, yeah they didn't need you. They, yeah, I, they didn't even... Yeah, Jordan, Mr. White Knight, they didn't need you. 
Yeah, you should have been playing Worms. Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Am I discovering something about my own toxic masculinity? <laughs> my need to save these lemmings when I should just have been supporting them? That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Support their choices. Are lemmings a Mary Sue? Is that what you're saying, Glenn? <laughs> okay. I don't know if I want to yeah. continue with this risk. Let's go back to being horny for that boat. <laughs> I think that is a safer that is a safer riff zone. Jordan, I'm horny for Math Man. Oh, Math, Math Man, Math Man. I don't remember Math Man. Math Man was also on Square One, and uh, it was Pac Man that did math, as far as I can yep. remember. <laughs> what a fucking awful God! Television was worse then. Objectively, yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that was one of the good shows. I'm pretty sure. Glenn, I know what you mean about the nature documentary making of thing. I have also been very disappointed by these. I've been watching a lot of Planet Earth lately. Sure. I'm having a little moment with Planet Earth and having a lot of fun with it. Just kind of something I like to turn on, uh, and you know, just kind of let it let it wash over me. And but they do a lot of those making of type specials, and like. Like 90% of the time, it's like, how did they get that shot? It was a guy laid there for a couple weeks. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> like a guy had a blanket that looked like the ground, uh -huh. and he laid under it until the snow leopard came along. Yep. But here's a shot of and his blind that he built that we're going right. to like, yes. There's a, It's blind porn. <laughs> <laughs> it's important not to think too much about it because you realize that they probably didn't capture in real time the like human like reaction shot that they cut to yeah. <laughs> like, there's like every one of those documentaries now like something will happen and then just like the lemming will look into the barrel of the camera and raise one eyebrow. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I'm not sure if that's credible to me. Yes. Yeah, and it's weird that they say check, please. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so that happens. Yep. <laughs> There's a lemming DJ. <laughs> <laughs> or just when they kind of turn to the camera and go line. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, come on! <laughs> we had it! <laughs> What's my motivation? Hard pass. <laughs> what else can the lemming say? <laughs> Jordan, what is your... <laughs> What is your top animal that you that you've enjoyed watching on uh, planet Earth? Yeah, well, I mean, I, as a as a cat weirdo, I like any kind of like big cat, and then you see when it acts like a kitty. Mm -hmm. When the big mm -hmm. cat, you get to see it like hunt something down, and then later you get to see it kind of flop around in the sun like a big kitty. Yeah, but and, or it hunts something down and it presents it to its mommy as a gift. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, you know, I like elephant moms. Elephant moms are very good. The, the cat being like a house cat right. is really incredible. It is, totally. Like, is there any other animal so regularly in our lives for which there is just a profoundly deadly version of that <laughs> right. animal? Like a wolf compared to a dog. Like a wolf is only like 25% more deadly. Sure, sure than a dog but uh an ocelot is already that much more deadly than a house cat and we're not even touching tigers and lions and so uh, forth. no i mean i guess there's uh like sharks right sure that's pretty good a shark you would find out in the wild is uh you know about as deadly as your average house shark 
Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Tracy Morgan. <laughs> a shark enthusiast, Tracy Morgan. Is he really a shark enthusiast, or was that a thing from Thirty Rock? Does Tracy Morgan like actually have sharks? Oh yeah, there was like a there was a big news story about his sharks. I don't remember what the news story was. Mm-hmm. Maybe his shark tank broke inside his house or something. Mm-hmm. There was definitely shark news about Tracy Morgan. Okay, well, you guys are you're pulling pulling it out of me. I wasn't going to go here, but uh, <gasps> uh, you, you're not catching me at 100% because I spent the last five hours before the taping in a marathon D&D sesh, as we call it, where I took Whoa. out. I took out my, you're looking at the uh, Goliath Paladin that took out the Maw of Sekera. The Maw of Sekera, <gasps> of course, oh, wow. being... Oh, wow. Uh, okay, wow. Okay, Glenn. Wow. Glenn. Uh-huh. Glenn. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. So well, many I will questions. take your questions yeah. one so at a time. So many questions. Oh, geez. Where to begin? Where to begin? Um, I think, geez. I mean, well, let's start at the beginning. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> the Maw of Sekala, uh, actually Sekala, is summoned from the shadowy depths of the ocean through ritual and tidal, T-I-D-A-L, tidal uh. magics. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's how you know it's D&D. Not title magic. CK, CKS. That's, yeah, CKS. That's what that's what my aunt Debbie does in her capacity <laughs> as a real estate <laughs> agent. Right. I was going to say it's the magic of Jay Z's streaming service. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's, and also somewhere we can go. Uh, it's a two-headed shark, giant two-headed shark. That's the avatar of the hungry Sahagin god. The Sahagins, of course, being fish people. Uh, yes. So mm. yeah, uh, it was one stroke of my broad axe. Uh, 70 points mm-hmm. damage because of course you have a paladin smite then you've also got the divine smite uh, you can stack your smites wow. didn't know you could stack your smites gotta stack your smites you gotta stack your you have to stack the smites you have to stack the smites <laughs> it's a giant two headed shark and I lopped off its head and uh, cleft it in twain is that how you got so yoked uh, Glenn yeah. <laughs> Did you get so yoked by stacking smites? <laughs> you went on a bodybuilding forum and learned how to stack smites. Oh, man, it was so satisfying. So satisfying. But yeah, fuck sharks. Yeah, because I I, uh, I, did that. They are, to be cl- they are to be cleaved in twain. They are to be cleaved in twain by a Goliath Paladin. How long have you been D&Ding, Glenn? Just like six months. I mean, I did when I was a kid, but uh, right. uh, now I am playing with my husband's nephew and his friends. It's all online, and it's there's no cameras, so I don't <laughs> think they know that I'm 53 and a half years old. Um, I, I would love to think that. I throw, in a, I throw in a chuggy every so often just to make sure. Is that chuggy? Look at this. Look at this chuggy kobold. Just so yeah. they, so I can pass. Yeah. I think I'm passing. <laughs> God, what a chuggy maw. What a chuggy maw. Fuck that maw. <laughs> yeah. The maw, the maw probably shops at Target for live, laugh, love signs. You know what I mean? That's how chuggy this maw is. Uh, yes. How, Glenn, how did you get into a Dungeons and Dragons game with your husband's nephew and your husband's nephew's friends? I, you know, um, I said something about it on uh, on Pop Culture Happy Hour, how I wanted to get into a game, and then uh, nothing, that didn't do anything because my, my husband was like, yeah, my my nephew has a game. And then they needed uh, somebody, they needed a tank, and that's, I mean, you need a tank, you come to it, you come to a Glenn Weldon is what you do. Um, <laughs> well, I can you need understand a, You need that. a tank, yeah. you go to the tank store. <laughs> and it's yeah. really wonderful because I usually, I've always, every time I've played D&D or Skyrim, I'm always a mage, I'm always backing up, afraid of something that's coming toward me, throwing fireballs at it. Mm-hmm. And now, right. Right. I am the hack slash guy. I'm the guy who takes the damage. I go into the fray. 
Uh, Fucking hack slash Weldon over that's here. What I do. I'm the I'm the look at that the Slayer, <laughs> which actually makes it sound vaguely like an Appalachian uh, serial killer. Mall Mall Slayer slays malls. That's not what I meant. But it's a blast. Anyway, sharks. Yes. Uh, yeah. If, if you need them. them slain, I'm your gay. Yeah. What's the name of your uh, Dungeons and Dragons guy? Uh, his name is Norm, with a silent G. Uh-huh. <laughs> At the beginning or the At end? At the beginning, of course, Jordan. Uh-huh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Look, I don't know. we don't know we don't from Mars. We don't I know Norm. No. Uh, his name is Norm. Uh, <sighs> last name, uh, his Christian name, no, is, is Oathbreaker. Because uh, he was betrothed to a woman in his tribe, and he didn't want to do that for reasons I'm slowly uh, <laughs> sort of seeding out over the course of the game. Uh, you gotta have a long game in long mind. Game in mind. A long and so arc, he, uh, a long he was arc. exiled for his tribe for not marrying the, the woman that they wanted him to. And he used to be ashamed of it, but now he's wearing it as a badge of honor. So he's the wow. oath yeah. What kind of hat does he wear? <laughs> he's he's bald. He's got he's got the he's got them big uh, Goliath tattoo all over his big bald head. So yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, it's of a of a uh, bird shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right ah, there right, you go. Right here. Yep. Yeah. Went and got that from Graham Chaffee. I bet. <laughs> yes, he did. Get it from Graham, <laughs> Graham of Chaffee. Chaffee. Yes. <laughs> Jordan, you playing? You ever played Dungeons and Dragons in your entire life of being a nerd? No. Yeah. No. It's interesting. I I think we've talked about this on on the show before, but like I I have these I have these nerd gaps that you would not expect me to have mm. um the most glaring one is i cannot help you fix your computer mm. i think my you know something that i have been you know uh, listen i disappoint people in many different ways <laughs> <laughs> but i would say that i m- mean you disappointed the people of your village when you refused to right, marry that right. woman and <laughs> that's left true on a great journey yeah well i had uh, i had shit to cleave and Dwayne, okay <laughs> yeah i was cleaving shit <laughs> um yeah, we should have re- we should have recognized that bird shit tattoo on your big yep. bald head thank you <laughs> yeah i've been gnorm this whole time <laughs> that's not how you say it it's not right, how just you pronounce norm. it just norm just norm, <laughs> just norm. um it's it's pronounced Gnorm. It's spelled N-O-R-M-G. Right. Gnormga. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, like, I think you look at me and talk to me for a couple of minutes. You think this guy can help me with my, with my computer or my phone. I cannot. I cannot help myself with my computers and phones. Um, so, yeah, so I, I definitely, like, when someone asks me for that help and then I am like unable to provide even the most basic tip, just like seeing their face drop is, uh, is something that I am always dealing with. Um, so yeah, I can't do that. Uh, don't know a lot about Star Trek. Um, uh, only recently kind of found some appreciation for the Lord of the Rings averse, uh-huh. uh, via rewatching the movies, but, uh, up until very recently had no, no interest in the power vacuums within Rohan. Um, <laughs> although now I love them. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the other things is I, I played my first D&D game a couple weeks ago on Brian Posehn's podcast. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think I did a bad job, but we all laughed a lot. Okay. Um, yeah, it was really fun. I totally like got it and um, 
Yeah, it was interesting. It was it was it's interesting because it was like a you know it was game and podcast. So I I was a little unclear on how how funny I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I'm like how <laughs> how often should I be trying to be funny and how often should I be trying to be good at the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if I got that ratio exactly right, but it was really fun and that was a nice group and. Um, uh, yeah, they uh, they were they were very nice and patient with me. Our buddy Dan Telfer was a big mm-hmm. help. Uh, yeah, that's over Dan there. Telfer. If you want to listen to that, it's over there on the Nerd Poker Patreon. So, uh, Jordan, I I haven't. Can I ask a question about your character? Uh, yeah, sure. What kind of hat did he have? <laughs> uh, it was a hat made of bird shit. Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> now, Jordan, you played a lot of video games, right? You played RPGs. You played Skyrim, right? Yeah, so uh, I did not play Skyrim, but yeah, so I know like the vernacular of D and D stuff from playing like Final Fantasy sure. and Final Fantasy type mm-hmm. games. So I know about like summoning and you know a tank versus a mage versus a fighter versus a thief. Yeah. So yeah, I know that vernacular, but it's all like I've never. It's always been just a solo video game that I play by myself in the dark and involving other people in mage issues is new and uncomfortable to me because it is something that I do in the dark with my mouth open and a hand (laughs) in a bag of popcorn. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, when I was a kid playing D anD D, I uh, I loved the game, hated the math, and I thought to myself, someday, yeah, the math sucks. <laughs> there's gonna be, I'll, I I could be the DM, right, and I'll project behind me some kind of uh, screen where people can pretend like they're actually walking through a dungeon, and uh, what I what I did was I created the uh, video game RPGs. That's what I did. Wow, was, that was you! Was Congratulations! <laughs> but Glenn. it's so much better when you don't have to add 11 plus anything right or 13 plus yeah. 8 what the hell is 13 plus 8 i have to yeah every time no one knows no one can know and it's no and it's yeah. just, I, a lot of people think that 13 plus 8 is a myth yeah yeah well i mean i haven't seen it <laughs> sure that's all i'm saying jordan have, have you ever laid eyes on 13 plus eight trust I your mean, eyes i'm talking about your own two peepers <laughs> no that's true i have a, a friend a friend whose uncle works for nintendo he said he saw it <laughs> once uh-huh while he was creating yeah. the code where you could see mario's dick <laughs> <laughs> So he, when he was creating the code that allowed you to see Mario's dick involved, yeah, sure. he said he saw 13 plus 8, but I don't know. Again, that's like, you know, I'm just getting this third hand. Did you see, I don't know if you, which version of the Little Mermaid VHS you had, but did you see the one where in the castle you could see 11 plus 7? <laughs> oh, yeah. Those, <laughs> those nasty, those nasty Disney animators. It's 28, right? It's 28? Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's 18. I think so. It's 18. Yeah, I think Damn so. It. It's 18. Yeah. Roll a 20-sided die and see what happens. Hey, 18. Nice. Nice. (laughs) 18. Thank you, Jordan. Nice. (laughs) I think we just got hit by a lemming DJ. (laughs) Check, please. What kind of guy were you in Brian Posehn's uh, D&D game, Jordan? Uh, Well, uh, shit. Okay. I should make something up, but the real answer is... I forget. <laughs> so Glenn, Glenn, you back me up on this. Mm. When you got, when you gotta, you gotta listen. Doing podcasts is fun, especially when you do them with your friends. Mm-hmm. It's great. 
especially when, you know, socializing is limited. It's it's a blessing. Yep. I love doing it. Happy to appear on pods with some of my favorite people. But you ramp it up a little bit when 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 daddy's guy daddy's got a book to move, you know? Daddy's <laughs> got to move some books. Dad daddy daddy ain't got a Comic-Con to go to. Daddy's got to move some books. I've been doing a lot of pods lately, so I don't remember the pods. Right. No, that makes sense. I, I totally get that. Yeah. No jury uh, in the world. So I don't really remember what kind of guy I was, but I remember we did an art heist. Okay. Oh. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. Was it in a dungeon? It was in an art museum. Uh-huh. Hmm. And were you the getaway car? Were you the uh, safe cracker? Were you the face guy? Uh, there's I always think, a face guy, right? I don't know what the face I guy I think is. I was... Who was I? I was... Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the guys from Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Don Cheadle. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, were, maybe were, I shouldn't Don say Cheadle Don Cheadle doing Cheadle. a bad Don accent, Cheadle. I believe. Yeah, is yeah. The primary character. Sure. In, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm an, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an actor. You like taking a big swing that doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was actually Elliot Gould. I should have said Elliot Gould. Fuck. Ah, God damn it! I was about to say I was Elliot. No, Gould. No, I'm Elliot Gould. I got to it. I'm Gould. Gould. I'm, I'm Gould. Gould. I'm Gould. I, no, I called Gould. You're the false Gould. <laughs> the false Goulds. One true Gould yeah. to rule them all, and yeah. it is I. Yep. Praise, praise be to Gould. <laughs> <laughs> and to the false Gould, George Siegel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the pretender to the throne. Pretender, the pretender Gould. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. You know what, uh, Jordan? Every episode of this program brought to you by the members of Maximum Fun. We're grateful to every single one of those members. Thank you for going to MaximumFun.org slash join. If you're not already a member, you can become a member. It's easy and worth doing. We're also, this week, supported by the good folks at BetterHelp. You know, it's 2021. A lot of us need some mental health support, and uh, it is the perfect time to seek it. And, and BetterHelp can help. Yeah, it is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. Uh, they'll match you with a therapist in under 48 hours, and it's easy to change therapists if needed. Uh, remember, you don't need a traumatic event to benefit from therapy. Maybe you're just feeling anxious or depressed or your stress feels like it's too much to manage, get some tools to cope and make life just a little bit easier. Uh, boy, therapy, it's great. We've talked yeah. about that on the show before. Uh, we rarely talk about anything of consequence, but uh, definitely I know it's something that both Jesse and I uh, really, uh, really believe in. And uh, so, yeah, it's cool to uh, to have better help supporting the show because um yeah, it's definitely something that uh, I was nervous to do for a lot of years, and I finally did it, and it's the yeah, it was the best thing I could have done for myself. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different ways uh, to get therapy, and you can find one that works for you. And BetterHelp is a great option. I know that uh, I have gotten a lot from therapy, both when things were going relatively well, and I wanted to work on myself. And in times when I was enduring 
you know, really serious trauma. So uh, I, I, I really hope Jordan, Jesse, go listeners will uh, seek therapy in whatever way is best for them. And uh, BetterHelp is a really convenient option um, if you want to just just try getting some stuff off your chest or uh, build a, a long-term relationship with uh, somebody whose job it is to give you help. This podcast sponsored by BetterHelp and JJ Go listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash JJ Go. That's betterhelp.com slash JJ Go. We're also supported this week by the folks at Weaver Leather. Uh, Weaver Leather Supply, a longtime supplier to professionals and hobbyists and DIY crafters, They're an online resource, uh, not just for supplies and tools and materials, but also easy-to-follow tips, uh, project tutorials, all all kinds of cool stuff. Now, you got a box from the folks at at Weaver Weaver Leather. Jordan, what's inside there? Jesse, this is great. Uh, The the Weaver folks sent me over a box. It contains two kits, one to make a card wallet, and the other one to make a bifold wallet. A bifold, Jesse. Oh man! Twofold. Pretty soon. Bye. Pretty soon, you're going to be making trifold wallets. Well, okay. Let's not go crazy. There are okay. So it says there are difficulty levels. Uh, card wallet is a two. Bifold is a three. I imagine a trifold will be at least four. I don't know if I'm ready. I think it'll probably be an eight. It'll probably be an eight out of five. Because it's hard to fit in that extra fold. Yeah, the old that that third fold will that fo- third fold will fuck you. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say over there at Weaver Leather. They don't say that. Third they, don't, fold. they don't say that. And but you probably know Probably wouldn't want this us is saying t- they say that. I think we all know that this is a time when we're learning to add new skills to our life. Think about what is actually valuable to us. What actually brings us joy and pleasure and happiness. And I think craft is one of those things. Uh, so even if you're not already, uh, look. If you're already a skilled leather worker, what the fuck are you doing not going to Weaver Leather? But if you're just learning, this is a great way to do it. Look, Travis McElroy can go become a blacksmith because he's got access to a forge. But not all of us have our own forge, okay? Not all of us live in Cincinnati where you can just waltz down the street to your local forge. Some of us are making useful stuff for our pockets, I'm talking about card wallets. I'm talking about bifold right, wallets. Yes. Who knows how many folds you can fit in a goddamn wallet if you practice hard enough? If you can imagine a fold, <laughs> Weaver mm-hmm. will help you realize that fold. Um, this is really cool. I am really looking forward to diving into these. I, how fun would it be to take out your wallet to, you know, pay the sandwich man or whatever? Sandwich man says, great looking wallet. And you say, I made that. Yeah, this is boom. Free chips, free chips from the sandwich man. I can't guarantee that you'll get free chips, but I am. It could happen. I guarantee it. Okay, right here, right now. If you don't get free chips from the sandwich man, Jordan will buy you some chips. All right, done. Deal. That's my guarantee. Deal. That's my guarantee. And you know what? If you make a trifold wallet with help from the folks from Weaver, second base guarantee. Wow. Wow. A babe, a hunk. Or a non-binary sex machine is going to go all the way to all the tongue kissing with you. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right. 
Well, if you want, if you want second base action, if you want yeah. free chips, here's what yeah. you do. And also, oh, also, so free chips, second base, and if you're interested in giving leather crafting a try. Yeah, so those are three things. First of all, second base. Second of all, free chips. Third of all, just a a rewarding hobby. You can make things for yourself and your friends. Weaverleathersupply.com slash JJGo. You're getting 10% off your first order with Weaver Leather Supply. I love it, Jordan. You know what I'm going to do? Tooled belt. Oh, my gosh. Sounds amazing. That's going to be fantastic. WeaverLeatherSupply.com slash JJGo. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Oh, it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Glenn Weldon, Maw Slayer. Yeah. I was going to go with Muscular Influencer only because that's something you called me once, Jesse, on the show. Yeah. And I love the sound of it, but I think Maw Slayer is more fitting. Look out, Maws. <laughs> Look out, Maws. Ma Parker, Maw. Yeah. I don't know any other Maws. Yeah. Maws Jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> the nice guy. Aww. Very funny guy. I like him. Great guy, yeah, hilarious. But I hilarious have to slay dude. him. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, when you were slaying this maw, did you consider mm. slaying any other part of it, or did you just want to focus on the maw? Well, I mean, it's called. It's just a two. It's just a giant. It's, the whole thing okay. is the maw. Yeah, the whole thing. It's just called. It's a giant two-headed shark. Uh-huh. Uh, it is a thing of. Uh, it turns out here neutral evil, which surprised me because I figured it would be chaotic evil, but you know. And uh, yeah, yeah, so I just took it. Uh, took it down. Huge, it's called a huge monstrosity. I took down a huge monstrosity. <laughs> Can I tell you guys something? About, I have uh, only seen the movie Santa Jaws. Uh-huh, sure. But my daughter went through, this is the only movie I've ever seen. Hmm. My daughter went through a, a period where she watched all of the Sharknado movies, and then she watched all of mm-hmm. the fake Sharknado movies. And there's one called Five-Headed Shark Attack. Wow. And here's some shit you don't expect about five-headed shark attack. Guess how many heads this shark has. Hint, it's four. <laughs> what? what the fuck? What are they okay. real? Wait, what? Is that, is that real? <laughs> yes. That's 100% real. Why is it called that then? I don't know. I came into the room while my daughter was watching five-headed shark attack. And I looked. I counted the fucking heads on this shark. And I was like, Gracie. Am I wrong, or does this shark have four heads? And she's like, 100%, it has four heads. Huh. Well, was this the act two turned? Is it building to a climax where we, we get the, you know, like in Twister, you get the F5 yeah. at the end, right? So you're building to. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's probably what it was. Yeah, in okay. in Twister, for a long time, there is no Twister. There's just a gentle breeze. Right. Until right. finally there is the titular Twister. Yeah, and the cow. In this case, it's a it's like it's just a Chekhov's gun situation, but it's a <laughs> Chekhov shark head. <laughs> um, when something momentous happens to you, like you finally get that fifth shark head, give us a mm-hmm. call two zero six nine eight four four fun, or send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun dot org, such as this person that Brian Fernandez, our producer, is about to play. The Call 
of which? Of whom? Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. I'm going to guess Brian Michael Bendis. Hmm. Close. Uh, This is Andy from Brooklyn with a momentous occasion. Uh, It's a a small momentous occasion, but I got a real kick out of it. I was uh, going into my apartment (laughs) building, and uh, coming out of the apartment building were an older Hispanic couple, and the gentleman in the couple uh, had one of those Bluetooth speakers, and uh, the music that they were listening to as they prepared to go on their uh, daily walk with the Jurassic Park soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was fun for me. Love the show. Uh, I think that's nice. That's super inspiring, right? Because it, it's like you're walking through Central Park or whatever. Right. You know, the, the you're walking down the river walk in, in your hometown. Uh, and you're feeling the majesty of nature thanks to the majestic work of the great John Williams. And you know at any moment uh, you could be consumed because, you know, raptors can work door handles. Right. Uh-huh. They are famously clever girls. The dinosaurs, of course, famously went extinct. And this was an elderly couple. They might just be grappling with their mortality. They might just be reminding themselves that soon it will all be over. What would you say, Glenn, are the three things that dinosaurs are most famous for? So first of all, they they famously went extinct. uh Uh-huh. Uh, eating dudes on toilets. That's two. That's number two. Love a toilet munch. Snacking on them toilet dudes. <laughs> Snacking on toilet dudes in um, the kind of safari hats, and then um, and then causing ripples in uh, in Dixie cups or whatever. Right, those are. <laughs> yeah. Dixie cup. Yeah. yeah, Glenn, I think you're onto something interesting, which is that like you know using Jurassic Park, you know, not just like oh, I'm remembering this movie I like through this soundtrack, but like what. You know, what what can I take away from this? Um, you know, what is the central what is one of the what is the central lesson of this movie? And you can kind of take that into your day, uh-huh. you know, via the music. And I think that, you know, if especially for older people, I mean, I think what Jurassic Park teaches us is to hold on to your butts. Yeah. Ah ah ah. Dotson, we got Dotson over here. I just want to say stuff from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I don't even want to do the bit. Yep. Would that have Newman from Seinfeld in there? Totally did. Yeah. Totally did. That was just sort of the golden age of Newman from Seinfeld. Newman had a fucking hell of a hell of a nineties. Yeah. That guy did great. I'd like to see that for the for the Beeper King. Okay. I really think the Beeper King could be out there in 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 film and television more in the way that Newman was at his peak. You know. Okay, I'm going to need you to to show your work here. So Newman on Seinfeld, dude in Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah. What else? Space Jam. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> what about Space Jam? <laughs> yeah, is the Beeper King in Space Jam Two: The Next Generation? <laughs> Did you hear this thing's maybe not in space? Yeah, I have. I mean, it seems like every... I think it's a virtual thing, right? Yeah. Every week, we are inundated with a new Space Jam controversy. Yeah. And I think we're maybe all experiencing a little bit of Space Jam controversy fatigue. Mm, speak for yourself, Jordan. Oh, okay. You're, you're, you want it. You want more. Did you see this tweet thread that Daffy Duck wrote? You're like a mob, but for Space Jam controversy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll never be slain.
Yeah. And never, she'll never be slain. I'm 53 hell damn ass years old, as I think I mentioned. So this all missed me. The Space Jam thing just missed me. So yeah. I, I hear you talking, and it's like uh, on the old Peanut specials, Miss Othmar, where it's just like, wah, 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 wah. I don't, I don't understand it. I watched Space Jam with my kids because uh, I bought it VHS, on VHS at the thrift store. I thought, you know, Jordan and I, the main thing we've ever talked about on this show is that we are like two and a half years too old to have watched and enjoyed Space Jam. Mm-hmm. I had never seen Space Jam, so I watched it with my kids on VHS. And the things that I was struck by were that Michael Jordan did a much better job than I expected. I've heard this. I can't say he did a good job, mm-hmm. but he did a much better job than I expected. And also, Space Jam sucks ass. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> Space Jam is such a crap movie. <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, man, they got the fucking Looney Tunes in here. Come on. But guys, let's get into it. Is Lola Bunny's redesign thick enough? Oh, God Lord. I know. This is ex- this exhibit A. Open the maw. Open the controversy maw. <laughs> they should make Lola Bunny a more, a, they should take her back to her horny roots. I don't. This is like if they made a, that nun who teaches you about paintings too and she wasn't thick. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. That's what we liked about her. She was thick. She was a real yeah. nun. I don't know. Uh, uh-huh. This is dangerous. Let's yeah. just go back to being horny for the boat. <laughs> Remember how you could see the outline of Carl Sagan's crank in his tight 70s pants? Yeah. <laughs> billions and billions of. Uh, billions and billions. Those are some wide whale corduroys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank that's you. Fitting for his wide honestly, whale. that's, you, yeah, that's not why they called him the wide whale. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was not, nothing to do with we the We all corduroy. got there. <laughs> <laughs> we all got there around the okay. same time. Yeah. Let's take another momentous occasion call. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, guest, and Sunny D. This is Chris from Indiana, and I have a momentous occasion. I took my three-year-old daughter to the zoo for the first time the other day, and we saw a walrus fuck a bucket. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know? How do you know it was fucking it? (laughs) How do you know? How do you know? Did you see the walrus jizz? Yeah. Did you? Show me did the you, jizz. I'm not. Did you interview the bucket afterwards? Did you did put you? your own two peepers on that jizz? Right. Okay. One and two, left and right. Camera one, camera two. Did you take a look at that walrus's ejaculate? Yeah. Although I hear Carl Sagan could fuck a bucket. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jordan, you know what they you know what they call that when a walrus fucks fucks a bucket to completion? Hmm. Walrusio sauce. Oh God. Uh, Brian, Jesus. can we cut that out? <laughs> yeah. We can't. We cannot well. cut it out. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, you know, Brian, actually play it on repeat five or six more times. Yeah. <laughs> As a professional writer who pays attention to the uh, euphoniousness right. of words, yes. the sounds right. of words and right. rhythms right. of sentences. Cellar door, right. cellar door. We, sure. we, yes. Cellar door, right. cellar door, cellar door. We saw yeah. a walrus fuck a bucket is just... I mean, does it get better? Wow. Yeah, I think it does. Glenn, you're not the only writer here. I mean, obviously, uh, you've got this new NPR podcast guide out. So sure. you're a pretty accomplished writer. Um, but I'm also a writer who loves uh-huh. the sound of words. The sound of words. Uh, yes. The tip of the tongue, the right. teeth in the lips, red leather, yes. yellow leather. 
Um, and that's how I know. I don't know if you know this, but sauce is a cum word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, sauce is sauce, a cum word. They come. Yeah. It's up there. It's up there. <laughs> we saw there. a walrus fuck a bucket. Sauce a bucket. is a cum word. <laughs> Toy boat. Toy boat. Toy boat. <laughs> We're horny for a toy boat. You will. There's an entire chapter devoted to just this in NPR's podcast startup guide: how to create, launch, and podcasts on any budget. Whole listen, chapter on. Glenn, we figured out. We figured your book needed kind of a goofus and gallant situation. <laughs> <laughs> We're gallant. We're gallant. And Guy Ross yeah, sure, is goofus. Sure, sure. <laughs> goofus takes time to produce thoughtful content. Alan right. just says cum words. <laughs> <laughs> Goofus wastes his time researching, recording, creating soundscapes. Gallant Soundscape. saves sure. himself fucking 12 hours and just says a bunch of cum words and then tells the same five stories over and over again. Uh-huh. God. How about this? Goofus teaches us the secrets of entrepreneurs. Right. And Gallant, did you know, was born in San Francisco. <laughs> Donks, Wario, dick jokes, and hot tubbing on the late night. Yes, it's yeah. all it's all in the book. It's all in yeah, the book. Yeah, sure. It's all in the book. <laughs> yeah, we huh? did it. <laughs> it's all there. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> <laughs> You know, uh, Goofus doesn't have a deep stable of recurring segments that uh, Goofus has invented through his own creativity. Mm. Uh, we're the only show that has that, um, which is why we're gallant and which is why we're about to take a call for one of those segments right now. Hey, this is Tony uh, calling in for your famous segment, Post Office Happenings. Today, I, while I work at the post office, I helped an older gentleman out with uh, some of his needs that he needed, that he had, and uh, he came back with a giant box of tomatoes and a cucumber from his garden. Have a great day. Okay. Yeah, fuck yeah. U.S. Postal Service. Bring him some maters. This is so wholesome. Yeah, geez, I feel bad about saying all those cum words. <laughs> if it wasn't for us people could just tune into this story and hear a wholesome story about rewarding postal carriers with fresh produce uh, i don't know cucumber is a crank veg sure and tomatoes famously tomatoes are testicle fruits right exactly don't neglect the tomatoes <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's, everybody knows that. But seriously, is this post office in Lake Wobegon? Because Jesus, that's so wholesome. <laughs> so right. wholesome. I would love just once to have somebody bring me some nice fresh maters. Yeah. I don't even like them. Yeah, I don't either. I don't even want to eat them. I just want someone really? to bring them to me. Huh. My uncle uh, used to get physically ill at the sight of a cut tomato. I think it reminded him of blood really? or something. Like he could not, we had to kind of sequester him at Thanksgiving. When, well, not, we wouldn't have temp tomatoes at Thanksgiving. That's, that's monstrous. Why would you have tomatoes at Thanksgiving? But maybe at like a July 4th thing. He could not be <laughs> within sight of a cut tomato. What, would you say that it's, what was it, uh, gargantuan monstrous uh, to serve tomato? I think it was a humongous... <laughs> Huge monstrosity. Huge monstrosity, yeah. Huge monstrosity. Yeah. Huge monstrosity. Uh -huh. Thank you. 
I uh, I I don't like tomatoes. You know, never have. It's you know, it was it's. I hated them as a kid. Hate them now. Is it a consistency thing? Is it the mushiness? It's it's the package. It's consistency plus flavor plus seeds plus not knowing if it's a fruit or a vegetable. Okay. Yeah. No. Tomatoes are totally bullshit. I mean, okay, tomatoes boy. are bullshit. You can put tomatoes. Look, make tomato sauce all day long. You want to make ketchup? Great. Mm. Anytime you're squishing up a tomato and putting it into something, that's totally fine with me. Uh, salt it up, squish it, squish some of the water out of there, cream it up. That's great. Uh, but I don't. What am I supposed to do with a fresh tomato? Okay, uh, you are exactly wrong. Tomato <laughs> sauce is bullshit because it is way too sweet. It's like ketchup. It's okay. I hate it. I okay. love. Uh, a tomato uh, with some salt and some pepper and maybe a big chunk of mozzarella. Uh, top of that, boom, done. That is all you need. <laughs> Something cold. You can see the little uh, water beating up on the surface, like in those fakey fake uh, McDonald's ads when they those tomatoes never look like real. Glenn, uh, would you say that you're that you're eating a tomato and walking here? <laughs> <laughs> I am in fact doing that with with mozzarella. Tomato. Um, I so I recently just got done. You know, for the first time since you know all the shit. I worked in an office for a couple weeks. I was on like kind of a short term job, and I worked in an office for a couple mm-hmm. weeks with other like you know people. We all worked in this office for a little while with other local singles. Lo- local singles in my area. <laughs> uh, yeah, just me and a couple of horny milfs and um, <laughs> Deb and. <laughs> Pam. Wait, my Aunt Deb? Uh, No, not your Aunt Deb. I'm horny singles. I mean, she's single since she is single since my Uncle Wayne passed. Okay. He rests in peace. Kind man, my Uncle Wayne. Well, I would never do that to Wayne's ghost. (laughs) (laughs) I respect, Jesse, I respect Wayne's ghost too much. Yeah, thank you. Uh, But, you know, something when you work with me in an office, something you just have to deal with is like watching me peel a tomato off a catering sandwich every day and Mm. honestly (laughs) i think it's when i'm at my sexiest Mm -hmm. when i am just when you're a real mimi yeah getting my dirty little mitts into that bread peeling off the tomato and just setting it on the table but a tomato on a catering sandwich it's wrapped in cellophane right it's wrapped in plastic right uh yeah typically yeah okay uh, that's the worst tomato it's a very bad tomato I, I, i do not blame you i do it's it's the worst the fresh tomato that you eat over the sink. Okay. So that the juices just drip down into the disposal. That's that's the best tomato. And you add a little of the gabagool. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you add a little olive oil. Oh. <laughs> Have it on some spaghetti. Popeye. <laughs> Have it with a little Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, are you really eating a tomato over the sink while the juices drip down your chin? Fuck yeah. Oh, my God. A fresh tomato. Fresh August tomato. See, this is the thing. In California, you don't get this. Like here on the West, on the East Coast, we we have, we have, it's tomato season. The tomatoes come and they're here for brief. They're ephemeral. They pass. And uh, the ones that you get in the supermarket are just like mealy, nasty. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe you you just Maybe that's it. Yeah. A real oh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to grow produce in California. <laughs> uh, I just want to say some more soprano stuff, and that's okay. Yes, exactly. Uh, Brian, why don't you play another call? Hi, Jordan, Jesse, Sunny B. 
dual guests, John Vanderslice and Carl Tart. Close. Okay, sure. Uh, this is an anonymous caller from Santa Rosa, California, calling in with your signature segment, Fun Things I've Learned About My New Boss's Kids. And that is that they are uh, competitive crump dancers. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, love you guys. God. First right. of all, thank you for thank you for keeping that anonymous. We wouldn't want this to get out. Right. Yeah. Bl- blind blind item. <laughs> Local <laughs> kids have hobby. <laughs> God, you know my mom taught junior college in Santa Rosa for twenty years, mm-hmm. and mostly her students were were like fire science students who were going to grow up to be firefighters some were some were uh learning ag stuff so they right. could be farmers not that much crumping going on now i didn't ask her right. to be fair i didn't ask her about clown dancing <laughs> but not that much crumping going on how did she learn this this is the question is there a photo is there an awards like uh like is there a certificate in his office of his children Winning mm. international Bump, crump the bumper a bumper sticker. Crump. Ask me about my crumping children. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, are you talking about a crumper sticker? Crumpy that. Oh my god! All right, Brian, play that five more times. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, have either of you guys seen the David LaChapelle documentary about crumping and clown dancing? Oh sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, that is, uh, Glenn, you should watch this movie. It is, I mean, David LaChapelle is a stylist. He's not a, he's he's not a journalist. Uh, (laughs) The film is not long on coherency, but uh, it is long on just the fucking most amazing shots of people crumping. And like crumping is one of the most amazing things you can see in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can only imagine, like, if you said to me, Jesse, do you want to go down to, you know, the uh, the event center in the city of Orange and watch the international crumping competition, I would be behind the wheel of my car in 10 seconds. I would be mm-hmm. on my way to the beautiful city of Orange, maybe have a nice lunch in, uh, in the historic downtown there. They got some nice vintage shores, some good antique shopping. You could meet my uh you could meet my my sister lives down there. Oh, I would love to see your sister. How's she doing? She doing all right? She's maybe doing, she wants to come to lunch. She's doing real good. She, yeah, she knows some she knows some good lunch spots down there every time we Does she uh, want to do some antiquing? She does. Okay. Great. Great. Fantastic. Well then it's settled. Uh give her a call. Let her know that she and I will be having lunch, going antiquing, and then seeing this crump contest. <laughs> <laughs> this will happen in the uh, middle of the work week, right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so the Tuesday afternoon situation. People fly in from mm-hmm. all over the world. Right. I like and support a hobby competition. Like um a competition of something that is not strictly speaking competitive mm-hmm. sure. and that is not quite popular enough to be on ESPN3 or something. Like, mm-hmm. I want a crumping competition. I want like a, f- like, I want people to fly in from around the world to c- compete in a, in a fly, f- fly fishing casting competition. 
This is something that I love. I love people who have dedicated their life to something with no hope of recompense or appreciation of any kind, who then buy plane tickets to Dusseldorf <laughs> uh, to compare their skills with others of their dorkery. Sure. Well, there's certainly crossword puzzle competitions, mm -hmm. which mystifies me. There's Scrabble competitions. There's, I, I would imagine, just if you widen out to any kind of hobby, I guess there must be counted cross-stitch yeah. competitions. Boggle competitions. competitions. Boggle competitions. Macrame, yeah. let's, let's say, I suppose. Latch hook rugging. Mm -hmm. that, could be, that could be a I thing. I like to go to the competitive hall. At the state fair or the county fair, I like to see the like what eighth grader won best watercolor. Sure, mm -hmm. you know what's mm -hmm. fun? Mm -hmm. Place setting. Oh, love it, <laughs> love it. We got a what do you got a shrimp fork there? Yeah, place setting is great because like it's you know there's the there's the there's the kids who like did the assignment. You know, there's the kids who do like I'm doing. America, I'm doing, <laughs> you know, like what are what are some other just like themes that would win you that thing, like um, equestrian, equestrian, um, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 the American Southwest. Sure, mm -hmm. sure, that could definitely sure. win. You get a Coco Pelli into your place setting. You're yeah, set. Yeah, have just a throw some turquoise on that shit. A, mm -hmm. a, a tile road runner is featured somehow. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You're gonna win this thing, but then there's just the kid who is like, "Fuck it, I'm doing Castlevania." Like, <laughs> he was just like, "I know I'm not gonna win, but I just want to do Castlevania." Right. Yeah. The theme of my uh, place setting is up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. right. The, yeah, oh, sure. The we Konami go. code. Uh, well, if you have a segment you'd like to call in uh, for two zero six nine eight four four fun or JJ Go at Maximum Fun. Dot org. Uh, the theme of my table setting, by the way, Jordan, hmm. octopus. Wow. <laughs> well, you're you're not gonna win, but you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna live your truth, and that's what's important. Why are you doing the eyebrow thing? Was yeah. that an innuendo? Octopus, Jordan. I don't know if I get it. I'm okay. talking about that little beak, yeah. Jordan. Uh, all, right. all right. I'm unsettled, <laughs> but I don't know why. Yeah. Jesse, I know you've you moved recently. Is there a gas leak in your new house? <laughs> call the call the gas company. Chomp chomp those little fishies. I'm talking about that beak Jordan octopus. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, oh, I get it. Open get a it. window, Jesse. Open a window. <laughs> Teresa, if you can hear me through Jesse's headphones, open up a window. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La 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 la. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors. and Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create okay. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week, I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. Now, lately, we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. La, 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 la. 
Kelly Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like, Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about butts. No, we don't. Nope. <laughs> Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And, and I was two. Butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Glenn Weldon, muscular influencer. Fuck it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna accept it. I think it's great. This guy is this guy is yoked and people mm. are doing what he says. Oh, that's provably false, but keep, keep, go on. And Glenn, if, if you use that name, you know, you're a little more undercover. So if you're using that name, the Moz won't see you coming. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can sneak up on those nasty maws. Yeah, I mean, as a, as a Goliath, I'm not big on stealth, but you know, I can try. Yeah, I can try. What do you, uh, Glenn? Have you ever targeted a pawpaw? <laughs> we have. Here's here's some mountain living. We have some fucking invasive pawpaws here that we are gonna we're gonna we're gonna go after them uh, oh, because man. apparently uh, they're all the, all the same sex. Pawpaws are of different sexes apparently, and that's how when you get. Uh, you can only get a fruit if you have pawpaws of different sexes. And when you do get a fruit, apparently uh, it's a very, and this is the phrase that uh, grossed me out, custardy. It's a custardy mm. fruit, which gross. Mm-hmm. No, no. So so if you have, if you've got a pawpaw mm-hmm. and the pawpaw finds a pawpaw of the opposite sex, mm-hmm. what do you get, a nana? <laughs> you get a maw. You get a big old maw. And I'm just going to slay yeah. it. I, I have a question. Okay. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the pawpaw, Jordan, is a very invasive tree. Okay. That is taken over the fucking mountain. And oh. they're ugly, and they smell, and uh, uh, but the deer likes them. And the deer kind of, sometimes you'll see a deer kind of okay. huddled in there with its little fawn, little Bambi eyes looking back at you. So, uh, no, we're going to take them out. We're going <laughs> to salt yeah. the earth so that nothing can grow. Good. <laughs> Pour gasoline on them. <laughs> well, now, thank you. Pawpaws are now my enemy. Yes, as they should be. I didn't know what they were until five seconds ago, and now I hate them. Uh-huh. I've done my part. Uh, Glenn, as we mentioned, you uh, uh, you know aren't hanging out with us on the pod, not just for you know friendship reasons, catching I mean, up. You know, but ninety percent, ninety percent friend, ninety-two. Let's say, I'll, let's say ninety-five percent. 95%. Friendship, laughs, yep. good times, a combination of those three things. Oh, thanks, so. yep. But also, you, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a book to sell. There's no in-person book events. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell, tell, us, tell us about the book. It is NPR's podcast startup guide. So it's basically me interviewing a lot of NPR podcast people, including one. I'm trying to get, I don't know if I have this name right, Jesse is that Thorn? Does that sound no, like a... No, it's pronounced Guy Raz. <laughs> Guy Raz. See, there's a silent G on there's the There's a beginning. silent Jesse Gathorn. Gathorn. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
about all aspects of the podcast production process. I didn't want to just interview hosts. I really wanted to talk to a lot of producers and editors and sound mixers all about everything from like, you know, putting your audience first and having a clear and consistent focus and what equipment to use and how to budget, how to maintain a regular schedule, how to collect audio right the first time so you don't have to do it the second time. Glenn, can I ask you, did you recommend people do anything that we do on this show? Uh, Even one thing that we do on this show. Okay, well, this is, this is funny because, you know, sort of there's all that kind of NPR stuff at the beginning about, you know, thinking of your audience first. But then at the end of the book, this is true, uh, this last chapter is called, it's the conclusion of the book. It's called uh, Five Rules to Podcast by, I'm not lying, it says right there, Five Rules to Podcast. He's holding it That's up to true. the, he's holding yeah. it up to the Zoom. We see it. You can hear the pages flipping. Yep. Eldon's not fucking around. This is not, not a bit. Not not a bit. So uh, so uh, rule number one, and this is, I think you guys are doing okay. Uh, so some of the other stuff. You know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. But some of the other stuff, like the rule number one here is um, ideally meet each other at UC Santa Cruz, comma, go slugs. So that's yeah. one. Okay. Two. All right. right. We're rooting right. for that legendary you're, Division Three tennis team. <laughs> you're mm-hmm. doing you're Third doing in the so nation. Far. Two, uh, in the beginning, you're going on a lot of donk. You want a lot of donks content. But then you can right. kind of pull back on that after a few years. <laughs> okay. You just All get right. tired of, just get, t- does it say in there, just get tired of getting emails about that? <laughs> so we're, we're say that we're, we're two for two. That's mm-hmm. the second. That's the second. I'll, when I have uh, second edition, I'll add that. Uh, number three is if you notice your listenership is plateauing, mm-hmm. have you mentioned Wario lately? So yeah. that's okay. think about that. Yep. Uh, number yep. four, it just it just says two words here: dick jokes. I think yep. you guys uh-huh. are okay there. And then number five, I think is octopus. Octopus. <laughs> Teresa, if you could just. <laughs> Get open a window, kick down the door if you have to. Yeah. So that's the book. I hope you like it. I they let me uh, add wacky footnotes and make it sort of funny adjacent. Uh, it's also because they they told me not to write a textbook, not to write anything that's that it's supposed to feel like a conversation with the reader. I tried to do that. So that's the book, and it's out now. Who's your top? Who is the most insightful contributor uh, that you talked to uh, for this book? In terms of interviewing, I'm not lying, Jesse. Uh, it's actually you. Uh, but uh, Jessica Reedy, uh, in terms of just how to like um, facilitate a conversation, how to tighten a conversation, how to make it uh, so there's no dead spots. Um, and I, I talk to a lot of interns because they have like podcasts on the side. And they're the ones who are kind of DIYing it right now. And that's in terms of practical information, like hosts had a view from 30,000 feet and I love hosts, but the people who are actually producing the stuff are the people who actually have practical information like Sammy Yinigan, like, um, like, uh, I mean, Sam Sanders actually had some really great stuff there about how to talk, how to write like you talk, which is a big deal when it comes to this kind of stuff. So, but seriously, the interview chapter is Jesse heavy. (laughs) It is Jesse dependent without Jesse, uh, the, it would be a a leaflet. Uh, Glenn, you're, uh, if anybody, anybody who reads your, uh, NPR writing knows that you're, uh, you're, you're a genuinely hilarious guy. You joke, oh, uh, you say, you say funny adjacent, but that is, uh, uh, uh that's too modest. You're a hilarious guy. Oh, you're a regular Maz Jabrani. You're I'm a regular Maz Jabrani. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, uh, no doubt this book will be both informative and laugh out loud funny. Oh, you're a nice person. Uh, uh, yes, thank you. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so uh, NPR Pop Culture Happy Hour. I also have a podcast that I basically ignore every single uh, thing that's in the book uh, with my friend Chris. It's called uh, A Doogie Absolute. It is a 
episode by episode breakdown of The Prisoner, an old 60s show. Oh, hey. An old 60s spy show that is very weird. Uh, and uh, we're coming up to the end of it. We're going to try to get one Mr. Jesse Thorne on the show very soon to talk about Escape from Alcatraz, a movie hey. uh, starring Patrick McGowan, which is very odd. So this is a television show where, where there's bubbles floating around? There's uh, bubbles that eat people, yes. Bubbles that smother people because they are sp- captured spies and uh, they cannot escape the village. And if they try to escape the village, they get smothered by a giant white weather balloon. God. You know, that old plot. <laughs> so then once you do Escape from Alcatraz, that's when you tr- transition to uh, the Voyage of the Mimi? <laughs> I think we got to... He wants to keep going. He wants to do other things. We'll see. We'll figure it out. It's, uh, we'll see. What do you think, Jordan? You want to, you ready to do a Voyage of the Mimi uh, recap podcast? Because Glenn's leaving this money on the table. Yeah. No, man. I'm too horny for that boat. I wouldn't get any done. <laughs> it would be, it'd be frankly troubling, actually. I would yeah, say it'd be, be uncomfortable to listen to. Welcome to the podcast of the Mimi. And Jordan would just say, <laughs> Excuse me. See right there. That's I'll rule be... number four. Dick jokes. See right there. Boom, done. <laughs> Dick jokes, parentheses, onomatopoeia. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, uh, I've taken a look at some of this stuff in uh, Glenn Weldon's book. It's a wonderful guide. Um, I think NPR really do a lot of good stuff. Um, some stuff less good. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a show called Bullseye I don't care for. But... <laughs> That actually, you know, not actually produced by NPR. So the stuff NPR actually produces <laughs> is pretty solid. Um, but you should go grab uh, Glenn Weldon's book if you've ever thought about starting a podcast or getting better with your podcast. Um, that book and our friends, the McElroy Brothers book, are both really mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. guides to podcasting that aren't just, you know, there was a period where every book was a guide to podcasting. And it was all just explanations of how to code RSS feeds. Yeah. Um, and I think we are in a, a a golden age where we've got these two great books that are actually useful, that you can actually learn something from, but that are also like, you know, they have depth of information, but are also accessible uh, to someone who uh, hasn't worked in radio or worked in podcasting or gone to broadcast school uh, or worked for many years as a... Uh, a writer at a cancer nonprofit like Glenn Weldon, <laughs> an anti-cancer nonprofit. It was anti-cancer. I, I feel I feel the need to I feel the need to say <laughs> an important distinction, a small yeah. but important distinction. We came down fully anti, fully yeah. non. Fully... The pro mm-hmm. the pro cancer is actually for profit. They are doing <laughs> that true. for money. Right. I don't know who is paying for cancer. Because in a way, man, profit is a cancer. Oh, Hell thank you, yeah. Right? Thank you, Glenn. Glenn Weldon, go on Chapo. Um, <laughs> uh, our producer on Jordan Jesse Go is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. He has help this week from Val Moffat, who is producing our little video stream. Um, you can watch the show. If you want to watch the show as we record it, we, we've been putting it on our Facebook page on Sunday nights. So, I mean, no promises. <laughs> Sometimes our microphones aren't working and we start half an hour later than we thought we were going to. But uh, in general, go to Facebook and like Jordan Jesse Go and, and we're streaming there. Val's doing a great job. Um, our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. And go out to your indie bookstore. Get yourself a copy of Glenn Weldon's new book and get yourself a copy of Jordan Morris's new book, right. Bubble. This is these are things that I I insist you not fuck this up 
America. Yeah. <laughs> spend spend this summer indoors reading, Jordan. <laughs> I'm now more you, than ever. Jordan, I'm going to tell you this. Yeah. I want every single listener to Jordan Jesse Go to buy a copy of your book and yep. buy a copy of Glenn Weldon's book. Oh, that'd be awesome. So the two of you, when you get your first sales reports, tell me. Have more or less than 17 people bought the book? Because if fewer people than 17, we know not every Jordan Jesse Go listener has bought the book. Sure. If it's more than 17, somebody told a friend. Yeah. And uh, also, if you got both books, uh, once you got them both in your, in your grubby little hands, mm -hmm. make them kiss. Aww. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We love to read. Something, something, spine. Yeah, spine works. <laughs> Don't neglect the spine. spine. <laughs> that, is that what we're looking for? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, friends. Uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.